Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA media team, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. And I am Ellen Boyd, the Executive Director of NCSPRA. So our guests today are going to help us unpack a big topic facing school communicators, building and maintaining trust with stakeholders. Our guests today are Kaylee Metcalf from Thought Exchange and Catherine Carboni Rogers and Tova Tupper. They are with Highline Public Schools in Washington State. And so, uh, again, had a great conversation and a, a takeaway, important takeaway that I had is we covered so many situations where trust um, can be built or lost in an instant. And I thought uh, the experience that Highline Public Schools had with um, a bond referendum and then, uh, of course, to the pandemic really showed the importance of making sure that all of your stakeholders one way or another have a seat at the table when it comes to that decision making process. Absolutely. And the thing that was so great for me with this conversation was that everything in it applies not just to school PR, but to any kind of communication, whether you're in corporate communication or any kind of an organization, you can get excellent insights and takeaways from this episode about building trust. Absolutely. We've got a great conversation for you. Let's start the show. Welcome to School PR Drive Time. To start us out, I'd like to have our guests briefly introduce themselves. Let's start with Catherine and Toba. Hi, I'm Catherine Carboni Rogers. I'm the Chief Communications Officer at Highline Public Schools just outside Seattle, Washington. And I'm Tova Tupper, and I work with Catherine in Highline Public Schools as the Assistant Director of Communication. Hi everyone, I'm Kaylee Metcalf. I'm an account manager with Thought Exchange, and I've been working with school districts across North America, such as Highline, for over five years. Great, and we want to start with the importance of building trust. What does that mean uh, for you guys? And to tell our listeners, let's talk a little bit about that importance of building trust. Kaylee, you want to kick us off on that? Sure, I'll kick us off today. Um, Importance of building trust. I mean, really, um, when we're talking about school districts who are really navigating big decisions and lots of perspectives out there, um, trust is really what helps districts and leaders find alignment and for their communities really to see themselves reflected in, in the great work that districts are doing. Catherine, what about you? Well, I always like to say that trust is the currency of a superintendent, school district, and especially a a school PR practitioner. You cannot reach your goals as a school district if you don't have the trust of the community because your efforts will be be blocked at every every, um, opportunity. I think if you have trust in your community, you will be able to pursue the goals that you have and the vision you have for your schools. Yeah, I would just add to what both um... The others have shared is that trust is, you know, it's good for morale and it's good for motivation um, and collaboration. So the more trust you have, um, it's going to increase your loyalty, um, the willingness of people to be supportive of your district and your community, um, both, um, you know, your families and your community as well as your teachers. And so it's really kind of the cornerstone of um, what we um, strive for in school communication. 
Absolutely. And we'll dive a little bit uh, deeper into um, an issue that that Highline had uh, specifically and how Thought Exchange helped them. But um, so I don't want to touch on that just yet. But generally, let's talk about some of the challenges that we uh, can face to building trust. Um, obviously, a uh, pandemic cultural issues, you know, there's lots of things sort of happening now in, in the public school system space uh, that, that can present those challenges. So um, Kaylee, could we start with you? What are some of the challenges uh, that, that you're seeing that school systems are facing? Mm. I think the first one that comes to mind is that there are many perspectives out there about how districts are navigating different issues. Um, and there's a lot of change happening and leading through change is really hard. It makes people uncomfortable and, um, we need to communicate a lot when there are big changes happening. Um, and then I think probably the other challenge is that, um, yeah, districts really need to look at finding alignment um, on the big things that they're they're working on. And so if there's no trust, uh, that poses a really big challenge to moving forward. And I think Catherine and Tova already shared a bit about that. Yeah, I think there's, um, we're going through a time right now where there is a ton of uncertainty and uncertainty really kicks people off their equilibrium and they wonder if all the things that they knew or you know felt sure of are are now up in the air what can they trust so i think there there is um sort it's sort of in the air that we're breathing right now and we're seeing it even in our politics where um people are believing misinformation or disinformation uh and i think part of that is just some of the institutions that people have counted on forever are really in flux. I think the other challenge, especially from this pandemic, is when information is changing all the time. And maybe as a school system, we're saying, hey, this is what's happening. And then next week we learn something else. And you know, it's masks, no masks, vaccines, you know, and, and people uh, begin to wonder what they should believe because it changes all the time. I think that's a challenge we faced, especially at the beginning of the, of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Another thing that comes to mind about trust and the challenge around it is that it can take um, sometimes years to build and just an instant to lose. And I think that um, that can be really hard for um, a team or a department or a person to just commit to building trust because it can take so long. So you really have to be in it for the marathon and mm -hmm. really committed to working um, to building trust um, and just knowing that, you know, one misstep could really put you back a really long ways. And so it's just so critical that you are thinking about it strategically and from a really um, long, long game end, you know, and I think that's part of the story that I think we'll, we'll, we'll share later with Highline is just how um, it can really take a long time to build trust, trust and that can be a challenge. Um, it is a challenge um, for everyone. Great thoughts. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, Catherine, you touched on just the environment that we live in now. There's just a general lack of trust in just about all institutions. How do you even take that first step in this environment um, to, to even begin to try to build that trust? Because there is, it's almost a default of distrust. Yeah, I think the first step is always listening, just listening to folks uh, and understanding where they are coming from. It's really true that um, when people feel heard, and especially if they feel 
involved in a decision, but even if they don't have power over a decision, if they at least feel that their point of view is heard and considered, most people will be able to live with a decision or an action, even if they don't agree with it, even if they were, were really opposed to it, if they feel like their uh, voice was considered, they can at least not, they can go along and not oppose it or try to break it down. That's excellent think, advice. And, and do you even have a, a, any insights into how you make people feel that they have been heard? Um, because I think sometimes we do listen to people, but sometimes we don't always let them know that they have been heard, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's why it's so important to reflect back to people what you've heard, I mean, that, that whole thing about um, reflective listening, um, just making sure that you are um, repeating back uh, or paraphrasing people when you're listening, if it's a one-on-one -on -one kind of a, a situation with a larger group or an institution, it's always important to go back and say how the information that or the, their perspective was considered or used. If possible, tell them the parts of of their input that you said, yes, we're going to do that. Um, or if you're not going to do what was suggested, explain how that was considered and why you had to go a different direction. Great. I think you, you bring up a, a great point. You know, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, we're all as school systems, uh, we're all going through these tumultuous times and things are constantly changing. And that really resonates with me that you want to make sure that even if, you know, the, the person who is advocating for a certain position, you know, didn't get their way, quote unquote, you know, they can still live with the decision. I think that's, that's really important. Um, and Kaylee, I want to bring you into this, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, just the uncertainty and the constant changing and, and how change produces so much anxiety for parents and staff. Um, but that sort of trust and that trust in the relationships, it's for kind of regular everyday challenges too, such as student recruitment and retention, um, very specific isolated crisis communications, things like that. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, just why trust matters so much in, in these relationships, whether it's with parents or staff, faculty, community stakeholders, community partners. Yeah, I think you raise a great point, Stacia. Um, really, we see that trust does influence, you know, how, whether it is, you know, staff internally, how they feel at work and, um, you know, the type, the, the morale, the retention, the type of work that they do. Um, I'll just share too, really in context right now, we have a lot of districts who are, you know, engaging internally in their districts to ask folks, you know, what uh, is top of mind for them? How can they be supported similarly with students and with parents through the big changes of this time? Um, other examples include, you know, heading back into the school year where there was so much information and so much change as Catherine spoke to um, in terms of state mandates and um, other types of processes that were coming in. And we've seen districts really jump into those kind of like operational types of conversations to uh, understand how people are doing, um, whether they're internal or external stakeholders, um, and then communicate back. I think that's a really important point too, Catherine, to show people you know, what, what is possible and what the next steps are. And that really shows um, all stakeholders and constituents that that districts are listening and contributes to trust over time. Great. Well, 
I know Highline Public Schools had a situation where you were really able to see this and react to it and respond to it in a positive way. You had a bond referendum, two of them, I think, that were not successful um, back in 2014 and 15. And so you took some steps to turn things around. Tova and Catherine, talk to us a little bit about that journey that you went on. We had a, a bond measure um, on the ballot in 2014 to build, um, we had two problems. We had overcrowded schools at the elementary level and um, we had two buildings, school buildings that were built in the 1920s that desperately needed to be rebuilt. So we put together a bond package that um, we all felt um, was a great way to uh, meet those needs and those challenges in our district. and. We took it out and um, we started to see a no vote um, a couple months before the November election. And it we lost by what, like 200 votes, I think, around mm -hmm. 200 votes. Um, we need a 60% majority, super majority mm -hmm. in, in Washington state. So um, we decided to put it back on the ballot immediately that following February of 2015, thinking we just need 200 more votes, we can get there. Um, we did a bunch of community listening sessions, and in the end, we lost by even more. Um, and I think the big um, lesson was that it wasn't so much what was on. We did a thought exchange, I think, almost immediately. Yeah, right. We did. That's when we brought thought exchange on. Yeah, because we we knew we 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 thought that we understood what the community would support, and it turned out we we didn't know why they were voting against it. So we did the thought exchange and found out that the, the objection was not the items in the bond package. It was how those items were chosen and the amount that was chosen because it was done internally by staff. And where what we finally concluded was that people just did not trust the school district to make a decision like that without their mm -hmm. involvement. Mm -hmm. And so when we figured that out, we knew we had to come up with a mechanism for rebuilding the trust. So we created a, a citizens advisory committee to look at cap capital facilities needs. And we just went back to the drawing board and we said, we're going to give you all the data. We're going to let you lead it. We're going to... Um, we're going to stand back and let you make a recommendation to the school board and you tell us what information you need to make that decision. In the end, the bond package that was developed by that committee was not terribly different from the one that staff had put together, but it passed with a 67, almost 67% of the vote because people could see that people like them were in the mix and you know, rolling up their sleeves and actually making the decisions. And that's what restored the trust. What an amazing turnaround story. And I think it's interesting just, you know, hearing you guys talk about it, what you all did is, is not unlike how a lot of school systems would, would approach a, a bond referendum. So I think that's fascinating that y'all had that great turnaround. Um, Kaylee, what was it, what's it like for you to sort of hear that story um, and to hear school systems sort of being able to bring in as, as many voices as possible and as, you know, many folks to the table as possible uh, for these big decisions? Well, it's exciting, of course. And I always think about um, kind of the two, two sides of the process. So one is what does it do for the participants or the constituents? It allows them to share their voices, to have transparency into the process. 
and then actually see themselves reflected in um, you know, the strategy that gets put in place, whether it's a bond or even something else. We see districts do this with different types of processes. And then on the flip side, um, in this scenario with Highline, it also gave leadership the sense that yes, like we are doing what our community um, needs and it gives that sense um, of yeah, just comfort or just you're knowing that you're making the, the right decision for your community. That's great. Lots of uh, wonderful thoughts that we've shared so far. We've had a, a packed first half of the podcast, but we do want to pause for a quick break right now. And when we return, we're going to talk a little bit more about how thought exchange fits into the puzzle of building trust amongst your stakeholders. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. This episode is brought to you by Thought Exchange. Thought Exchange is the only enterprise discussion management platform powered by patented anti-bias technology. Modern leaders use Thought Exchange to quickly gain critical insights and improve decision-making for their districts. Whether you're engaging 10 stakeholders or a community of 10,000 plus people, Thought Exchange allows leaders to drive strategic discussions at scale. Since 2009, Thought Exchange has been helping school districts across North America validate and align on top district policies, address student and staff success, and build trust with their communities. Here at NCSPRA, we thank Thought Exchange for their continued support of this podcast and all of their efforts to support school communications throughout North Carolina and beyond. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. We're having a wonderful discussion about building trust with Katherine Carboni Rogers and Toba Tupper from the Highline School District in Washington State, and with Kaylee Metcalf of Thought Exchange. And before the break, we talked about the failed bond referendum in Highline School District. They had two of them, but they were able to turn things around by really bringing the community in by using Thought Exchange and giving the community an active role in that bond referendum and what the projects were that went on there. So my question to you guys, to Catherine and Tova, is did that springboard a real change in the level of trust in your school district? Um, what changes have you seen since that time? I think one thing I would say is at the when we started the citizens, uh, it's called the Capital Facilities Advisory Committee. We documented everything and shot it out to everybody, put it on our website. We sent out emails sending saying, you know, you can see meeting notes and listen to audio recordings. And we really felt we had to do that because we felt under scrutiny um, for because people we knew people didn't didn't trust the process. So we were trying to make it utterly transparent. Since that time, we have found that we have not needed to be so, we still post things uh, and we have audio recordings, but we don't, um, we don't just shoot it out to the world every single meeting because by now people understand what's going on behind the scenes. And it's not, um, there's just a base of trust now that wasn't there before. Um, so much so that we've been able to have that committee do some other pretty intensive work that could um, otherwise be uh, pretty pretty dicey. So Toby, you wanna talk about the boundary process? 
Yeah. So when we passed the, um, when we finally did pass the bond that the committee, you know, created, it required us to then change our boundaries, which can be a pretty hot topic. Um, lots of emotions, you know, people have lots of opinions. And we said to the committee, why don't we want you to lead this, um, this boundary change process. And so the committee spent a year looking at different options, putting together proposals and um, made a recommendation to the school board to change our boundaries. And um, it was kind of a small little blip uh, on the radar. It wasn't a big, big contentious um, issue in our district. Um, and it's because CFAC, our committee had built the trust in our community. Um, and so our community recommend or trusted that recommendation from them, just like they did with the bond the year before. The beauty of it was too that our CFAC members were the ones that went out and did the road shows and explained where the new boundaries were going to be. And so they were um, people from the community that were telling their neighbors, okay, we look, yeah, we looked at that and that wasn't going to work. So we had to draw the line over here. And they, people began to see themselves trying to navigate through a dilemma that has no good answers. And that made a huge difference in how the, you know, the bitter medicine went down for people <laughs> that maybe weren't as excited about where this new boundary was going to be for them. So I will also say that um, one thing I don't think we mentioned was that this committee was made by half of the folks on it um, were appointed to because they represent, you know, the PTA or the teachers union or a city municipality. And the other half was, um, was put together by a lottery. So we asked anyone mm -hmm. in our community to submit their name and then um, did a lottery. And so the in the first round of this, the first committee, it, um, there were some folks that were some of our strongest no votes um, in the bond that ended up being on the committee and one was even voted in as a, as a co-leader. So that was really awesome to see someone and to see people that were originally not in support of our district to you know, jump in and be um, involved and then become a leader in uh, the decision-making process. And I think that also helped us build that trust. That's such an amazing turnaround. I think that's just, that's just a great story. And, and so, you know, for you guys, you know, as, as we're leading up to uh, March of 2020, it was rainbows and teddy bears and unicorns <laughs> in Highline schools. And um, then March of 2020 hits and, and, you know, things just became unprecedented, you know, as we use that word a lot, how did the work that you all did without realizing it leading up to the pandemic help you all with your pandemic response? Well, I think having that basis of trust there was really helpful, um, especially when everything else was swirling, swirling around. Um, but it wasn't something that we took for granted because obviously um, in, with that much changing all the time, um, our information was changing all the time and that has an opportunity to, to breed mistrust. Um, but we used the same tools. We went back to our toolkit and, um, you know, went, used thought exchange quite a bit early on in the pandemic to ask people, what are you concerned about? What are your questions? So that we could make sure that we were, we were really paying attention to what are the questions and concerns that the majority of people have. And we weren't answering the wrong questions or trying to go down a rabbit hole because we heard, you know, an email or, or two from an outlier about mm -hmm. something. 
Um, it helped us consolidate the important um, the the important questions and concerns so that we could address them not just in um, an individual format but in a mass format so everybody could get that information. And, and Kaylee, you know, we want to get you into to this d- discussion as well. Talk to me from from thought exchange exchanges perspective. Um, how do you guys? play play a role in this and you get as specific as you'd like but how do you all play a part in this whether it's dealing with a pandemic or you know a short-term crisis situation or a bond referendum so many different applications I mean I think I'll focus in on the pandemic because undoubtedly this is a time of you know polarization and education leaders and communities need to find alignment now more than ever in their communities so that they can do their work effectively and efficiently um, and I think, uh, you know, all of the stories today, um, both with the bond boundaries and also when we think about the pandemic really show that, you know, bringing people in, giving them a voice on really relevant uh, topics or the things that they're experiencing um, and giving them exposure to others' perspectives. That's really what Thought Exchange does really well. It brings everybody into a scaled conversation. Um, it gives that exposure and it helps people to find um, common ground. And then with that, leaders are able to, you know, really make decisions that um, reflect, you know, there you can see actually the kind of polarizing perspectives, but also what does this community or this group have in common? Um, and so that's really kind of the, the value that that tool adds and um, something that I think Highline's done a, a great job with, you know, as they continue to build trust and um, navigate these big strategic things they're working on, but also that day-to-day um, or month-by-month, almost years of this pandemic now. The platform of Thought Exchange, I think, is another um, piece that I do want to touch on because we haven't uh, done that yet. It's it's very easy to um, navigate and very easy for anyone to use. Talk a little bit about how kind of accessibility is, is a big deal for you all as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. And so really that accessibility is a big part of what we do um, just intentionally to bring many voices into a conversation. Um, and so you can have a an exchange or a scaled conversation. Sometimes we call it with groups of 10 to 10,000 people. Um, so you can bring in a lot of voice into one conversation in response to an open-ended question. Um, And something that a lot of districts like Highline do also is um, use multi-language functions so that you can communicate across different groups. Um, And we also have ways of understanding kind of demographically who's in a conversation so that then leaders can kind of respond um, to different perspectives and priorities for different uh, groups and see what's in common across those. Um, So those are some of the main things we also are on mobile and so um, works really well on a phone and that's something that we've um, really intentionally done as a company because we know that that has, in our experience, increased accessibility. So those are a few, a few other things that I'd share. That's awesome. And, you know, you ladies obviously uh, have such a wealth of knowledge about building trust. As we sort of wind down our conversation, what final bits of advice would you have for school districts or communicators in general about taking that first or next step to building trust in their organizations from their communities? Yeah, I think for me, especially thinking right now with the pandemic and all the other things that are happening for us, I think one of the best things you can do is to just model empathy with your communication when you're building trust. Um, 
I know it can be hard when there are lots of strong opinions out there, um, but I think modeling empathy and listening to other people, listening to, to understand, um, I think will really help with building trust, especially right now. Um, you know, lots of people just want to be heard. They want to be validated. Um, and I think that that's just really important um, in, 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 you know, one step in building trust is, is that. I think Great. one of the things that I would share is, um, and it's actually multiple things, but it's, you know, tell the truth, um, you know, tell the bad news, the good news and the bad news. Um, people want to need to hear the bad news from you first. That's a huge trust builder. And then own your mistakes. If you've made mistakes, just say, you know, this happened. It shouldn't have happened. Here's what we're going to do to make it right or to do better or to learn from this situation. And I think those kinds of things are very hard for, for institutions to do because you're afraid that people are then going to use that against you and beat, beat you up with it. And, and some might, but, um, in the end, in the long run, if you've owned up to those things, or if you've started out by not trying to hide the bad, the bad news, that is an incredible credibility builder. And and you know, I mean, next time you say something, people will be a lot more sure that you're not trying to hide something. And Kaylee, we'll let you have the the last word. Mm, I would say really simply like ask early, ask often and, and follow up. And to Catherine's point, follow up authentically. I think that's really important for trust building. Well, I wanna thank you all so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation unpacking this concept of building trust and maintaining trust. I appreciate uh, you all sharing your experiences with us. Catherine Carboni Rogers and Tova Tupper from Highline Public Schools in Washington State and Kaylee Metcalf, account manager with Thought Exchange. Thanks for being with us. Stacia, that was just a, an incredible conversation about building trust. And one of the things that I took away from that was just the amazing turnaround that Highline Public Schools had when they brought in their community, when they used Thought Exchange and then literally brought in that citizens committee. They had people that were their biggest foes and helped sink the bond referendum turn into not only their biggest advocates for that, but even down the road with the redistricting, which as we all know is just such a thorny issue. So th that was the biggest takeaway for me is that it was just such a big turnaround that you can turn your biggest foes into your biggest advocates. And something else, you know, to piggyback on that, something else that struck me is uh, the school system did all this work about building, maintaining trust and, and bringing lots of folks to the to the table. And then the pandemic hit and really they had almost a cushion to sort of and a toolkit to sort of help them navigate how tumultuous, you know, March of 2020 and beyond has been for school systems. So I think that's certainly a testament to, you know, you build the trust, you build the relationships, you, you build that avenue for people to communicate with you for to have that two-way communication before the crisis hits because uh, once the crisis hits it's just a little bit harder to navigate so um had a great conversation once again ellen thank you so much for co-hosting uh with me today it was a great time awesome love to do it thanks stacia mm -hmm.